Welcome to another edition of The Gulo. Well, welcome to this uh, special end week edition of The Gulo. Um, we'll be airing here on Saturday morning, game day. Uh, we have a good friend here with us today, David Helmick. How are you doing, man? Doing all right. Doing all right. David is an avid uh, Florida Gators fan. You can see there by his hat. I love the simplicity of it. Um, really cool. Uh, but yeah, he, he's, a, he's a big Florida Gator fan. And uh, I've known David for, for a couple years now. I uh, moved down to Charleston about five years ago. I've known him for a couple years and we've uh, really kicked it off with our friendship. We're just talking sports and football and he's a big Jacksonville Jaguars fan and also a big Florida Gators fan. And one of my favorite college football players of all time, probably my favorite college football player of all time is Tim Tebow. And he played for, mm-hmm. for Florida. And so being able just to, to hear, hear those uh, special moments from him as a Florida fan was really cool. But David, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, what you're doing now, and uh, kind of talk to us a little bit, kind of give us an intro of your Florida, your Florida fandom. Yeah. So I have lived in South Carolina, one of the greatest states in the union mm-hmm. um, since 2003. Um Around that time, I guess I realized that Florida was a thing. Um, prior to that, I lived in Kansas for four years. And I guess I could say that my unsung, unofficial team I liked first was the Jayhawks. Mm-hmm. And I could say that primarily it was because of the, uh, the colors, the primary blue, red, and yellow. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like once I got to South Carolina, SEC country, mm-hmm. like that was around the time. That was towards the later part of Ron Zook's coaching career. Mm. And we're about to make the, the transition to see um, what would become now the, um, the glory years of Florida mm. football after the little hump between Spurrier and Meyer. Yeah. So, so, so you moved, you moved to South Carolina. What, what deterred you from becoming a Gamecocks fan or a Clemson fan? What, what, what attracted you to, to Florida? Well, my dad grew up in Jacksonville. Um, I think starting out, I was still younger and homeschooled. Homeschool mm-hmm. has a lot with shutting out evils of the world like Carolina football. <laughs> um, but it also saved me from a lot of heartbreak because yeah. in those few short years of being like moving from homeschooling to elementary school, um, like my fifth grade year was the year we took down the, the team down south as Michigan fans would say it. Mm. Florida was coming in at number two in 2006 after being um, beating Arkansas of all teams in the SEC championship. Um, they had what um, Derek McFadden and Felix Jones were a dynamic duo there. Um, obviously, Derek McFadden had a great NFL career. I don't think he's in there anymore, but um, Tebow was a freshman in 2006. Chris Leak was on his way out as a senior. Um, and he, I was listening to a podcast by Florida. It was like reliving the stories of 2006, the national championship. And they're like, mm-hmm. Leak struggled that whole year in Myers offense. And then in the natty, he put it all together and the rest yeah. is history. That was a man. Now that year I was, I mean, I've been in Michigan. I was born into it. You know, I have a picture of myself as a baby in a sports jacket up there. And so, when 2006 rolled around, like I was already submersed in it for 12 years and we lose to Ohio state that year. 
and it was heartbreaking because Bo Schembechler died. Actually, the anniversary was a couple days ago, and uh, we lose to Ohio State by three points. Now, that was a super huge classic Big Ten slugfest, and uh, back in those days, the BCS Bowl, like, you'd have to wait five weeks or so until you played in the national championship game from the last game of the season. The Big Ten didn't have a conference championship game yet, so we lose, and um, I remember Florida won, and I tell you what, people were upset in Big Ten country because Urban Meyer really lobbied for his team to get into the national championship because people were kind of like, hey, should Michigan and Ohio State play again? Lloyd Carr took a step back, and then it, you know he wanted it to play out how it should play out, which I'm glad because obviously we shouldn't have been there, and Ohio State obviously shouldn't have been there, and you guys are really just that great. I mean, putting everything together at the right time with Chris Leak. Chris Leak or Leak? Yeah, it's Chris Leak, right? Leak. I like Leaky yeah. Fawcett. Leaky Fawcett. And uh, man, I tell you what, Fawcett was pouring out that day because you guys just put it on Ohio State. I remember that. Was That's that the- – w- would you say that that was like the, the moment – like you were already a Florida fan, but was it, was that the moment that solidified it? Or, or what was the moment for you to where you were like, man, I love this university. I love this football team. So I have two um... – I guess the first one was the year before it was Myers first year Mm. and you'll have to look up the the highlights of this game because it was kind of wild the uniform we wore so it was a Florida George game it was 2005 and for some reason I like it more than in the ugly green scales we wore a couple years ago those were some hideous uniforms but it was our normal blue jersey Mm. except on the left sleeve shoulder like to about here it was orange it looked like it looked like a almost like military-esque mm-hmm. but that's the that's the thing that pops into my head because i remember seeing on a sports illustrated issue of chris lee holding the ball and wearing that jersey and um we ended up we won that game 14 10 i think it was mainly because of defense obviously because sec defense is uh, has been legendary for the last 15 years or so this year is kind of different it's weird we kind of turned into the Big 12 or Pac-14 or whatever you want to call them. That's just good old 2020, uh, man. It'll do it to you. Yeah. You just got to gunsling it. Got to got to get out of the saloon alive, and that's how 2020 feels. So Yeah. That's but, uh, cool, man. Yeah, yeah, 2005, yeah, 2005, I think, solidified it. And then, obviously, a national championship just kind of engraves it in your heart. Mm. I remember my dad and I watching it. He's like, he let me stay up watching it. He's like, you might never see this again. And I thought about that. I thought that way for about two years until it happened. And they again. won it again, yeah. <laughs> I will also yeah. backtrack. We made Troy Smith, who was the Heisman Trophy winner, look like uh, – <laughs> I was going to say make him look like John O'Corn, but I didn't want to take it personal. I mean, it's not personal. I don't I don't take it personal. We know yeah, what John O'Corn like, is, yeah. Yeah. I know y'all aren't – you weren't fans, so I wasn't going to say someone like special like Denard Robinson or anybody like that. But I like Shoelace. Yeah, he was, he, was, he was really special. Yeah, you couldn't catch him. He was, he was fast. Um, yeah, dude, I remember – well, this thing with Ohio State is their quarterbacks never make it in the NFL. And so they're, they're, they are they're might win the Heisman or they might put up big numbers, but they don't – I mean, their play isn't really any further than, um, than college football. Now, has Michigan's quarterbacks been the same? Yeah, I mean, they haven't been great as of late, but we have Tom Brady and – Chad Henney's still, Chad Henney you know, he's, he's still at, he's still, he's still getting it. You know, he's a backup, but he still um, has, has had a really great career as a backup in the NFL. 
And, uh, but yeah, Ohio State, man, they, uh, I don't know if the quarterback situation is good in college, but as soon as they get to, uh, get to the pros, it kind of, you know, slips off a little bit. But, uh, yeah, dude, I remember you guys won in 06. Um, LSU and Ohio State went in 07. LSU beat them again. And then in 2008, you guys had that miraculous season that, 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 that year where you guys, was it Kentucky that you lost to? Um, Ole Miss. Ole Miss, you lost to. Tebow got a concussion that year, or was it the year? I don't know. That was the senior year. Senior year. Okay, well, 08, you guys lose to Ole Miss, and, and Tebow comes up with this great speech at the podium. Basically, this is not going to happen again. You have my best. Like, I, I got this. And uh, kind of bring me through that 2008 year, because that was really special. And, and Nick Saban, I mean, he's got Alabama rolling now at this time. The tide's rolling, and – this SEC championship matchup is going to be big between you guys. And then bring me through that year a little bit and what made that so special. Yeah. So that was actually like, I would say the end of our short dynasty, because we could have honestly had some things gone our way in uh, 2007. We would have probably been back, back to back to back, not saying that national champions, but at least in the championship, Um, which would have been funny because we played Ohio state again. But, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, but 2008, so Tebow, we were, I think it was a fourth and one. We were deep in their end zone or we were somewhere. I can't remember we were deep in their uh, territory or not, but Tebow tries to go forward on fourth and one. And obviously that's always a fail safe for mm-hmm. 99% of the time. But Tebow got stuffed this time and lost 31-30 in the swamp. Yeah, it was in the swamp. Mm-hmm. Um, so just imagine, like, it's just being hot and sweaty and a Michigan – tourist worst nightmare probably why they try to come down in the winter because they escaped the tundra yeah um but i just remember seeing and hearing it so many times and like i knew already what tivo was about because he was already heisman trophy winner so i was like yeah. this dude is gonna bring it yeah and it doesn't start it starts right after that press conference it starts that sunday like right yeah. after it's like we're getting after it. Like he said, he wanted an undefeated season and that's never happened and still hasn't happened, but um, I will definitely take a reap of the, the, the seeds that he sowed that day. Oh, yeah. Because like with the likes of Lewis Murphy, Percy Harvin yeah. on offense and Brandon James, who was like a, he was a junior that year. He was the, he's probably one of our leading punt returners for touchdowns. That guy, yeah. He was probably five foot five and 100, 180 pounds or something. He was small, yeah. but that dude was shifty and he'd make you miss. Mm. And even though Hernandez didn't turn out to have a great, you know, post Florida career, obviously we all know what happened with that. I mean, he was still a big tight end. Um, oh, obviously, yeah. we, we don't want to look anything after that's not what this episode's about, but it's, it's narrowing in on his career at Florida. I mean, he, he was, a, I mean, monster at tight end and. I think he was one of the ones that caught that. Was that that little jump pass in the end zone? Oh, dude. No. So the jump pass by Tebow in 2007, that was uh, Tate Casey, mm. number four. Okay. Um, but Hernandez was always the recipient of this amazing option. It, it was an RPO. More, It yeah. was more of a, just a run, two different kinds of ways to pitch the ball. Mm. So Tebow would run up like he was going to run a spread option to the right or to the left. Mm. And Hernandez would trail. And Hernandez would come up behind the line, 
Mm. And so Tebow would shovel it inside. That's and right. About 10 to 12 yards, dude. It worked every time. Yeah. Gosh. And dude. I remember running it against Oklahoma a couple times. And uh, it, it was just really funny to watch because, like, yeah. the defense didn't know what to do. It was just like, yeah. where is he going with Dude, I, yeah, I loved it, man. I, I think around that time, uh, I, I would say I became a Florida advocate or a Florida, like, kind of not, not so much in my second team. I don't really have a team outside of those that I root for, but I, well, I'm married into the, the Clemson family. So, you know, I enjoy seeing my wife enjoy her team. Um, but, man, I always liked Florida. And I think it was because they that that you guys just beat up on Ohio State and it kind of relieved some of that for me from that horrible loss at that three-point loss that we had even though it didn't make up for it because we we didn't beat them it it still kind of like you know made me enjoy it a little bit a little bit more or kind of relieve some of that mm-hmm. that that anger but uh ever since then man I just like and then the Tebow era kicked off and we I feel like we played you guys almost just about every other year for the past oh, so decade. I looked up I looked well. I looked up the uh, re- since two thousand how many times we played a Big Ten school. Yeah, uh, we played in bowl games um, eleven times, and half of those were split between Iowa and Michigan, basically, yeah. with the exception of like one Michigan State in the early two thousands and a. Yeah, I think they were in the ACC at the time, but Maryland was one yeah. of those games. But other than that, it was either Iowa or Michigan. Yeah, and I mean, gosh, I think we, we're one and two against Iowa, or two and two, and then we're obviously. I think we've maybe won one or two against y'all, and you've won the rest. Yeah, yeah it was, uh, and again, dude, like I remember that two thousand uh, after the two thousand seven January two thousand eight Capital One Bowl in in Florida, where Lloyd Carr's last game and Tebow won the Heisman. We ended up pulling that off against you guys and winning. But, dude, it was such a good game. Like, just going back and forth. And, um, goodness, man, like, that's the only time I'll ever see Michigan beat Urban Meyer. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> which is good, which is good. But, I mean, it is what it is. But, yeah, I think ever since the 06 season, like, I just really like Florida. In fact, when I played NCAA on my PlayStation 2, like, I had a dynasty or dynasty mode with Florida because I just – I think ever since then, like, I, I was always kind of like big on them and I really like Tebow mm-hmm. and stuff, but what bring us through kind of like when you go to the swamp. So I, I know you've been to a, a spring game, so you, you may have not been to like a big night game or something, but you're still kind of submersed in the culture down there. What are some of the things that you can expect when you go there, maybe during a spring game or even on a game day, what are some of the, I know the, the, what's the, the Gator bait chant, and uh, a lot of these cool yeah. traditions and stuff. What are some of these things that we can um, kind of look to if I, if I were to ever go to a Florida game in the swamp? What, what can I experience? So there's a few things. Um, we got to walk inside the stadium, and one of the best places to go was where it was at the very front. I can't remember what corner it is, but there's a big old like bronze looking alligator on the outside. It's just mm-hmm. standing, like kind of like how if you've ever been to Bank of America Field in mm-hmm. Charlotte, where they have the giant panther out front. Yep. Um, kind of similar um, but inside there is like our I don't know if it's the Hall of Fame or if it's just where they keep our natties but all three crystal balls are in there and nice um, I have a picture of me and my three brothers in front of the it's it's the middle one so I'd say it's the 2006 2007 season when we yeah. um, beat Ohio State 
Nice. But a couple of things I know that we do on game day is the Gator Walk, where mm. I think they walk from the athletic center to the stadium. Mm. It's not it's not a far walk because they block off the streets, and so the football team walks down, I think, and the band plays and stuff like that. So that's kind of like par for the course with a lot of different football teams. Some of them don't have that because their student center, their athletic center is right, like right behind the football stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, but like to, a couple of the big things that I take for, for uniqueness, obviously, is like we have mascots, and I, I, I also want to advocate for Murder Wolf. Um, I think <laughs> to see that I've seen the picture of him. I think it'd be pretty dope to have him on the field. But yeah, like we have Albert in Alberta, and mm. they can get wild. Yeah, and it's pretty awesome. Um, and a couple of our chants that we have pregame is the orange blue, where they'll split the stadium in half. My announcer will will get them hyped, get the fans hyped, and one side will chant orange, and then they will get rebuttaled by the other half of the stadium with blue. Mm, so it's kind of like a competition, a little bit, but it all comes Pretty together. Much. Yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. And you can even hear that on like earlier NCAA footballs, like two thousand, like the one with Matt Ryan on it, and oh, nice. stuff like that. Dude. Yeah, because I can remember them just. Going, Oh, yeah, it's yeah. like right there at kickoff at the very beginning of the games that you would play. Um, and then I also want to bring up um, George Edmondson Jr. Um, if you've ever seen a game before 2008, you would know him as Mr. Two Bits. Mm. So, up until that point, so 2008 was when he officially retired from doing the chant, mm-hmm. but 60, 60 years prior was when he started it. And Florida was garbage in the 50s and 60s. Hmm. And, I, and ironically, it started when Florida played – he started it when Florida played the Citadel. Hmm. And his last chant, leading the chant, was Florida in the Citadel in 2008 when we beat him like 62-3 to three or something like that. Wow. It, was, it was before we played the Braveheart Tebow game hmm. and when it – poured rain in Tallahassee and he had his white jersey like yeah red covered in red paint good his brave heart brave heart game um had it in his teeth like oh, dude yeah, yeah. All, all over yeah I had his biography and on the inside of the sleeve because the hardback on the inside yeah. of the sleeve was a picture of him oh, like one of those like grungy like him like just you know how he would be when he would say yeah or something like that. he'd just yeah. give that really growly look yeah and it was him with like paint in his mouth on his teeth and it was just like send me a that, photo of that autobiography i would or, or something send me a, yeah, I'll I'll like to it. get that i love tebow i love getting his stuff yeah yeah i'll find it for you um but so george edmondson started this um chant and it basically goes two bits four bits six bits a dollar all for the gators stand up and holler and so he will get the, the whole stadium to quiet to a hush with a whistle and he'd have a, a sign that says two bits on it. Mm-hmm. And so what he would do is he would go from one, like from the North stadium, he'd go like this and then okay. to the opposite, he'd go like this and then he would do some other motions and then they would follow him as he did it. Mm. Uh, at first it didn't start out on the field. He, he was just in the student sections, uh, student section starting that. And he wasn't even a Florida grad. Like he, huh. He actually started attending the Citadel, but then left to enlist in the Navy during World War II. Mm. And so I guess once he got out, then he found his way to Florida somehow. Mm. Um, 
in the rest of history. So like you know, like he died a couple years ago. Um, but we've had honorary um like Mr. Tubits like Emmett Smith and Steve Spurrier and probably a lot of the football and basketball players that have come through like Al Horford and Joe Kim Noah. Mm-hmm. So like they would lead the chant. It's still just as special because they would dress up kind of like him. Like the yeah. year he passed away, they came out with these shirts because he would always wear this light yellow shirt with blue pants, like light blue pants. Mm. And he'd wear an orange and blue uh, tie. And basically what they did was they made a yellow t-shirt with a, like a printed tie on it. Nice. So it was just like a, like a gag t-shirt. It was really cool though. Yeah. Just to be able to like do that to remember. That's super cool. But like, those are some of the big things. And then the gator bait chant, that obviously has been controversial over the last year, and it yeah. unfortunately has been taken on hiatus. I hope it yeah. gets returned. We've had a couple of different uh, people advocate for it, especially the person who started the chant back in the 90s. Mm. Um, he was a part of that 96 national championship team. Mm. And that's a pretty funny video to see, Yeah, to see him start that chant. I can't remember what his name was. He was like a defensive lineman. Okay. But – He's like, if you ain't a gator, then you must be gator bait. Nice. And he, he started saying that over and over. And he was like, all right. And he, he was like, LSU, gator bait. So everybody, like, he started saying team names. Oh, and gotcha. The whole, like, the whole, like sta- uh, stadium would, like, yell gator bait. So he, like, said LSU, Tennessee. Four, he said Florida State, like, four times because we beat Florida State in the national championship that year. Yeah. So it's basically like whoever's not for us is against us type thing. Like they're all, <laughs> I got you. Yeah. And then, yeah, man, hopefully that gets returned. That's a cool, cool tradition there for you guys. So, so bring, bring, bring me through a little bit. Um, going back to Tebow. I know as we were talking before this, that Tebow's important, but his predecessor is, is it plays an important role in Tim Tebow being Tim Tebow. And so bring me through that era a little bit because Obviously, it's like the golden era of, of Florida football. I mean, even if you guys go on and win more national championships, I think 100 years from now, people will look back and they will – they will. Tim Tebow will be the man just because of not just what he's done on the field, but his career afterwards and just the different ways he's been able to show his athletic ability in baseball, football. He, he's a great Christian. Us as believers in Christ, we get to – kind of look up to him too as, as a guy who uses his platform for the glory of God. And so it's really cool to see what he does, but, but during this era, man, just bring me through that a little bit and what made that whole run of his so, so unique. Yeah. So I think it all, obviously the train got started when Meyer came from Utah and um, Meyer and Mullen actually came together because Mullen was his OC there. Um, which is really neat. It's just cool to see how assistants will follow around coaches. And mm. obviously Meyer had to hire him on to get him to come to Florida. Mm. But like just those two being able to mold like the likes of Alex Smith, who I can't remember if he was on the Heisman ballot or not, but obviously his career has spanned well over 10 to 12, 15 years now. Um, although he hasn't gotten a ring, he's still been very successful. Mm. And then you see that kind of bouncing forward, then I'll bounce back, like Mullen with Dak Prescott at Mississippi State. So obviously Dak, uh, Dan and Urban Meyer know how to um, mold and develop quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, T. 
Tebow, unfortunately, with his mechanics, the pros didn't see that as a, um, a sight to behold. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of egregious, kind of gross, but, I mean, the dude won games. That's all that yeah. matters. I mean, if you look at Phillip Rivers, the guy doesn't have a great, great throwing posture either. I mean, doesn't look good at all, but, I mean, he still gets the job done. Same with Tim Tebow, man. Like, he just won mm-hmm. games. He just won games, and that's really all that matters. But I think there's kind of a bias of, you know, you, you look for players who have pro football written all over them, and if not, then you're going to do everything you can to see them fail. And unfortunately, Tim Tebow is on the, the sour end of that. But, um, but yeah. Yeah, the game- the game that won him the Heisman was against South Carolina in 2007. Um, I can't remember the stats. He rushed for like two two touchdowns and threw like four or something like that. We ended up winning like 55, 51 to 31, mm. something like that. It was just a barn burner in Columbia. But like, I just remember like going back. I'm, I've been watching videos like that over the last couple months, just especially during COVID, like thinking about the the good old days yeah yeah. <laughs> because after Meyer left there's some like there's some times where you wondered where where Florida was headed yeah um, especially with all that but back to Tebow um yeah the dude was a baller like he beat Herschel he uh broke Herschel Walker's rushing record for the SEC and for touchdowns mm. um as a quarterback man yeah even as a quarterback like he broke the rushing record Maybe it was all-purpose touchdowns. I can't quite remember. Yeah. But Herschel had a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. Um, but in actually, the game, his his uh, touchdown that came uh, – that broke the record was against Georgia that year. Yeah. And so it was extra special. A little bit extra salt in the wound for them dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for them dogs. And then you go to the SEC championship game in 2008. And, dude, Alabama, man, that, that's a – that was a crazy year, but you guys get past them. You go to the national championship against Oklahoma. And again, Tim Tebow comes out with another famous speech there at halftime. And he uh, just rallies the crew, rallies the team. You know, you have, we have, we have 30 minutes for the rest of our lives and um, really narrows everybody's attention into don't think about anything outside this game. Like everything yeah. right here is going to write our names in history. So just worry about these next 30 minutes. This is, for the rest of our lives, we get to enjoy the riches of being able to be a part of this team, but we don't do that unless we, we focus in on these 30 minutes and just another great, another great Tim Tebow mm-hmm. speech. And then you guys come out and beat Oklahoma. I think Sam Bradford was the quarterback there. Oh yeah. It was another um, Heisman trophy winner. <laughs> yeah. Another Heisman trophy winner. Heisman uh, killer. Yeah. But, uh, but man, it was just, I'll make a correction. So that her, that record breaking touchdown came in his senior year. So it wasn't the 2008 gotcha. it was the year after. So okay. I didn't make that, uh, correction, but yeah. Um, yeah. Heisman killers. Yeah. That's cool, man. Past, I put icing on the cake. I thought that yeah. was fitting. For you to I think, I think, I think my favorite Tim Tebow highlight is not him at Florida, but it's him at, it's at Nice high school. Um, when he broke his leg. He broke his leg and just ran for like a 20, 30 yard touchdown. And just like right then and there, you saw the love and the passion in his heart and in his eyes for the game of football for his brothers around him. Like, mm-hmm. man, the guy's just special. And the, and the dude takes even off the football or baseball field. And like, even in now, you know, somebody who is just a, a great man of God who's traveling the world, proclaiming the good news of Christ and 
you know, helping out a lot of people who are unfortunate and stuff like that. And just using his giftings mm-hmm. for the kingdom, like, man, it's just in the same passions there. Like you hear the, you hear the man talk and the, the same passions are there for that as, as they were on the football field. And she's like, man, this dude's a real authentic, genuine guy. Um, but, uh, but moving on a little bit from, from the era. So the era ends, Urban Meyer leaves. There's a lot of controversy within that. Um, takes a year or two off, goes to Ohio state. You guys are in a slump and then you kind of get a little bit of hope once Dan Mullen comes back. Um, I think a couple times during that time, I know we, we beat you guys and, uh, the, the whole program as itself just didn't seem to be in a good spot. And you kind of, you're kind of feeling like, man, is there any hope for us? And then Dan Mullen comes back in, uh, 2018 and, uh, dude, it was, uh, kind of a bright spot for you guys these last couple of years. Bring me through this era, the, this Dan Mullen era, what he <laughs> brought back and kind of where you guys are at this season in 2020 and what you can do to kind of put it over the top to, to, to win, to get back, win the SEC championship and have a shot at the college football playoff. Yeah. So Mullen came back after nine, eight, nine years of being uh, in Stark Vegas mm-hmm. Um I think that year, I think 20, so he came in 2018. So I think it was 2016 was when he got Mississippi State to number one. Mm. And obviously Alabama had to ruin that party, um, unfortunately. But it was really neat to see Mullen have some really good success there. Um, See some really good players come out of Mississippi State. And some other good coaches too. I think um, he brought Jeff Collins for one year. to Florida and he went to Temple and then now he's at Georgia Tech. So not only Saban have a tree, but Mullen's slowly growing a tree too. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, Mullen brought back within the Gator standard yeah. and the Gator standard is to have be excellent on the field and um, not only on the field, but off the field. And um, that's what we strive because he was there during the years where we won national championships and yeah. um that's the goal is to bring championships in um, not only SEC, but um, national collegiate champion championships. Um, and that obviously wasn't the case from 2011 to 2017. Um, after Meyer left, um, his last game was against Penn state in the uh, Outback bowl. It was like, I think one of the last years Joe Paterno was there. Um, but yeah, Years with Muschamp, we had one good year and one, like, mediocre year. The other two years were abysmal. Mm -hmm. We had our first losing record in, like, a million years. Like, we we had been – we had at least a 500 record for so long, and then that Mm -hmm. that happened. And then uh, Jim McElwain came in. (laughs) I also know Shark Boy, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, Yeah, that was a really good meme that came out that year. It wasn't him, though. It wasn't him, but somehow we won. We got two SEC's championships, and obviously those two years we got steamrolled because we didn't have an offense. Defense was there, but the offense was horrible. Yeah. Um, We had like three or four different quarterbacks that were like graduate seniors or transfer Mm -hmm. seniors, and we shuffled them like decks of cards. Yeah. And so Mullen brought back with him um, some – uh, familiar, familiar, um, some familiar uh, feelings. Yeah, so, like, things yeah. That you could um, just like know, like when he stepped off that plane and he was chomping, like you mm. knew the man was ready to go to work. 
Yeah. He's he's a guy who carries that standard with him. Oh, yeah. Like, the guy has discipline, but he also has swag. Like, one of the funniest things I saw recently was on Halloween. (laughs) The dude was dressed up as Darth Vader in the locker room and was just, like, dancing with the players. Like, that's the coach you want to play for. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a guy that you can relate to. And I think that's something that we're struggling at Michigan is – Jim Harbaugh is a great X's and O's guy. I mean, to say that the guy can't coach is is absurd. I mean, what he did at Stanford and uh, San Francisco, I mean, he created Colin Kaepernick, Andrew Luck, like great things. But, I mean, he's so far removed from that era. The guy just doesn't bring that that enjoyable love for one another that you see other coaches do by simply having fun or, or being able to implement things. I heard a story the other day when we went to go play Florida state in the orange bowl in 2016, the, the year mm-hmm. that JT was short, we should have been in the playoff um, man, like Florida state's players were, were jet skiing and having fun for one of the days uh, off. And um, Michigan's players weren't able to go and do anything. They had to like practice. And it was just like, it's for him, it's all business, business, business. And I just think there's a lack of, being able to understand and just enjoy one another, enjoy, enjoy the moment. Like you don't always have to, you know, us as Christians, like we don't just sit every single time we hang out and, and read our Bibles. We, we spend time in community and we spend time enjoying one another. And a part of that is being able to, 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 to have fun and enjoy each other's company. And I see that in that video, Dan Mullen dancing in the locker room, the Darth Vader or coming up to the podium and just breathing like Darth Vader. Like, dude, I thought that was hilarious, man. It, it just continues to institute great culture there. Yeah, and, then, and I think it's, like, either one of the first practices of the year. He, like, I don't know if it's him or Coach Savage that started, but, like, you come in dressed as your favorite character or, like, any kind of wild thing. Like, somebody would come in dressed up like a Krispy Kreme employee. Yeah. And they go in there and put they put the work in. Like, they like that's when they – at the very beginning of, uh, I think, spring camp is when mm-hmm. they're in there lifting and stuff. Like, in the very beginning, like, early, early on in the year, like, you see them dressed up like so many different characters like wearing yeah. afro wigs and a couple of them have for some reason the carry around chucky dolls and stuff like yeah. that so that's so funny they obviously have some kind of like there's some atmosphere there's some funny videos of them doing that like for the last two three years and yeah we're deep on instagram now but like i don't know it's when it's loose it feels like they're having a better time like even yeah. in the dips like yeah, we lost to A and M, but I think after our COVID our COVID shuffle, like we yeah. found our identity, especially on defense. Mm-hmm. Like the offense has been there. Yeah, the offense has definitely been there, but the defense finally picked it up after our two week bye week that was mm-hmm. unscheduled, and thankfully we found it against Georgia. Yeah, um, Missouri think- felt Missouri felt kind of scary too because of yeah. what they did against LSU and a couple other teams, but. Thankfully, like we pulled it out. The other funny thing was Mullen jumped up into the the stands after the Georgia game <laughs> with some of the players. That's so funny. That's but, good. It's good fun, man. Playing loose and but you, you have to be able to back it up. Like you can have fun, you can have that culture, but you have to back it up on the field. And I tell you what, man, your guys' offense is just uh, dangerous. Even though Pittman's been out the last couple of weeks, he had that awful uh, concussion from that hit against Georgia, but. Um, dude, I mean, you got to be able to put it on the field, and you guys are exemplifying that this year. Um, I think the biggest thing is again continuing to work on that defense. If you uh, now, do you guys play Alabama in the regular season? No, not this no, year. Okay, so, so our so last be... games, our last games are 
Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Tennessee, LSU. Okay. So, I mean, if, if you guys don't have a mon- monstrous uh, disaster or something happen, um, you guys should be able to walk into the SEC game against Alabama. And I tell you what, man, I, I think you guys are the biggest threat to them offensively. Um, to see what Dan Mullen's done with Trask, that's a big another thing where uh, it, it's just cool to watch, man. And I'm not saying that Trask was a, a, a garbage can that he turned into. Like, he's always been a good quarterback. Um, yeah, but being shattered. able to see him uh, mature and, and just make the throws that he needs to make. I mean, he's not a big name, and he, he people aren't putting him on the front page of things. But when you look at his number, I mean, it's, it's Heisman leading numbers. And so it'll be interesting oh, yeah. to see what happens. Unfortunately, popularity kind of gets into the, to the swing of things with the Heisman race. But if you just look at the numbers, and I think if you see him beat Alabama in the SEC championship game, um, there's a very good chance that you're going to see that man win uh, win the Heisman. If he stays healthy, doesn't get COVID, doesn't have to take a couple weeks off, I think I think he has a good chance of. of mm-hmm. At first, I had him a little bit lower. Um, not anything against him. I just look at Justin Fields and Trevor yeah. Lawrence. But with the way that this year is going, and there hasn't been consistency with the games being canceled, it's whoever whoever's going to be able to shine above the surface at the right time in the Heisman race. And I think Trask has a has a really good. Um, there's a really good option for that. So go ahead and give me your prediction this year to, to end the season as, as a Florida Gator. What's your, what's your bold prediction or give me a modest prediction, whatever. What's your prediction for this year? So I've learned to be humble, especially after I talk. So that year we lost to Alabama in the SEC championship, 32-13, when everybody made fun of Tebow for crying on the sidelines. Yeah. Like I was righteously humbled after that game because I talked so much smack that year. I was yeah. like, we're still number one. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Yeah. And then we get our teeth kicked in by Alabama, and then obviously we go do the – we do the uh, revenge on Cincinnati. Yeah. But uh, um, I want to say uh, it's not been good, except for like the exception of like Cam Newton for who Heisman's winning Natties at the same yeah. year. So – or Joe Burrow. Yeah, or Burrow, dude, Burrow. <laughs> um, but uh, I know Trask. I, I know who he is as a, per- as, a, as a person. He's a super quiet guy, a team guy. So I, I feel like if he had to choose, he would choose a natty over the Heisman. Yeah. And so I would I would be bold to say um, we could be in the playoff. Yeah. Um, and I'd sacrifice the Heisman over that. Yeah. And I think but, anybody would, obviously. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I think it's going to be interesting, and this is why the playoff needs to extend. Because um, you could have possibly Clemson, Notre Dame in the playoff. Because if Notre Dame loses to Clemson in a close game, but they have already beat them, you can't not leave any of both of those teams out. But the same thing with Florida and Alabama. If mm-hmm. Florida beats Alabama, and that's, only, and that's Alabama's only loss – what are you going to do with those two teams? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then obviously you're going to have to keep Ohio State in because they're just going to run through the rest of the conference, um, including us. And so it's like, man, what do you do here? Like, how do you make that decision? ACC is not a great conference. They're a pretty junky conference. Notre Dame is not going to be in <laughs> the ACC. Yeah, Notre Dame's not going to be in the ACC after this year. I can almost guarantee that. I just oh, – yeah. they're going to go back to independent once they did what's best for them. And so it's just like, but, but you can't, 
you can't leave them out of the playoff because they beat Clemson. Now, obviously, Clemson had some guys out that had Lawrence out, but still, like, you can't leave them out. But you also can't leave an Alabama-Florida out if Florida beats Alabama because Alabama would only have that one loss. But now if Alabama beats Florida, then I think, you know, they'll keep Florida from the playoff. But it's – man, it's just like, what do you do in these situations? I think there's only one thing, and that's, look, some years you're only going to have four teams that are obviously the greatest that – are separating themselves from the rest of the, the college football um, uh, level. But but this year you have teams where you have maybe five, six teams that can compete for a national championship. Mm-hmm. There might even be some non-power five teams in BYU and Cincinnati, not saying that they would win a national championship. But it's in this kind of circumstance where you're like, man, that the playoff needs to be extended because – there's going to be years like this where there's some teams that really show out and whether it's a 2020 thing or not. Um, I just, I just see a big dilemma. I, I think the playoff committee is going to have their hands full um, at mm-hmm. this year. So, but, uh, but yeah, man, I, I appreciate you coming on today and uh, being able to, to share with us your view and your love for Florida football and uh, I'm rooting for you guys this year that you guys will end the season well and possibly get in the playoff. And so, um, but uh yeah, is, is there any final remarks you want to, to, to send out to, to Florida Nation or to any of our listeners or viewers? Or Yeah, I would love to add on to your 58-51-6. Yeah. Um, that would be 2-0. Yeah, um, you guys are 2-0 against Ohio State. One in the Natty and two and uh, when two very, <laughs> very scuffed up teams met in the Gator Bowl. <laughs> That's right. And that was when my that was when Trestle got canned. Yeah. Fickle was the coach who's now at uh Cincinnati. Yeah, that's right. Um, and Muschamp pulled us out with that one. If there's one yeah. thing I could thank Muschamp for is letting us beat that scarlet and gray into the dirt. Tune overs Ohio State, Clemson's four no. Like Ohio State and overall records, they're just garbage. So it's all you, you, you Buckeyes <laughs> out all, there. It's like the last 20 years. Yeah. So sorry uh, to you, Buckeyes, but not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. But uh, yeah. Anyway, you have man. one win over Alabama, which I, that one's a very conflicted win for me. I can't say if I, w- I was happy about it or not. That was, uh, I tell you what, man, sometimes you have to tip your hat. When you have a third string quarterback, uh, when. That's Win true. the conference championship against Wisconsin, fifty-six to zero, or something like that, and then you go and beat Alabama and beat Oregon for the Natty. My, I just have to tip my hat to Urban Meyer, and I, that was just that was wild. Even though I don't like Ohio State, and I definitely don't like Ezekiel Elliott, um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. But anyway, man, I appreciate you, uh, appreciate you coming on here, and uh, good luck to you guys the rest of the season. We'll have you on here again shortly. Dude, glad to be here. Two shout-outs. One to my brothers, um, diehard Gator fans. They're probably more diehard than I am. Nice. I've toned it down a lot in the last good bit because of college and a lot of other things. And um, But I give props to them. Um, Jennifer, my girlfriend, gave the idea. It's like, why don't you all start a podcast with them? I'm like, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. It's the four of us together on like Saturday mornings just yeah. talking about junk and whatever else we could think of. I was like, that's a possibility. But Dude, go for it. Man. I'll, I'll let the imagination open up to them and figure it out because I know they're all busy with college too. Yeah. So that's the other shout out. Shout out to Jen. You're awesome. Cool. 
Well, shoot, man. Uh, I tell you what, I'm there. If you guys start that podcast, I'll be following up. So let I'd me love know. to if get you on. I've been here since day zero before you even started the first recording. <laughs> I remember talking about it with you, and I yeah, um, I enjoy hearing about the backstories and um, all that stuff. And shout out to Darlington High School, um, even though we're trash now, but. Um, shout out to will lampkin who was one of the greatest coaches and influences in my life so mm. i doubt you'll ever hear this but um you never know man appreciate you dude we'll just start tagging all of them in twitter if they have it i know right <laughs> <laughs> no but anyway man i appreciate it appreciate you coming on here and uh, we'll have you on here again here soon all right sounds good